Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. I thank each and every one of you who has joined today. Last week, as I said, was the hardest radio show I ever had to do. Um, My wife of many, many years uh, passed away, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, She got uh, COVID-19 and was hospitalized, as I was as well. And um, so they were uh, thinking that, that I probably would go too. But God had other plans, and she was suffering much from MS. And so having been a super athletic individual all her life, it was hard. But here's, here's what I wanted to say. She never blamed God. She was faithful to him and to me uh, to the very uh, time that she went home to be with the Lord. So... I don't have anybody here to back me up today, so I can't talk too much about it because it's still pretty fresh for me, and I will miss her every day. The nights are a little difficult, and actually so are the days, but uh, I have a lot of good friends. I have one right here. Steve Gasser and Ann came and prayed with me before the show started today. And uh, the station manager, Mark, uh, when I was sick at home, and I was pretty sick. Even when they sent me home, I'd I'd lost a considerable amount of weight, and I didn't have a lot to to lose to begin with. So I was pretty weak, pretty beat up, couldn't talk much, and and uh, besides, uh, I was I was hurting every day. Uh, still hurt every day, but, you know, God is with me. So I, I don't want to talk about that today. I do appreciate all you who sent cards or wrote letters or called uh, to say you were praying. I really appreciate that. For one of God's children, there's nothing better than to know that people are praying for you, that people love you and care about you. And more importantly than anything else, but God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you, makes manifest to you through his people that I am with you. And this is not the end of the story. You know, when I've had to do memorial services for believers, I always say that, you know, the Bible tells us that I don't want you to mourn the way the world mourns who have no hope, because we know where our hope is. And we know that, that there's a separation from family and friends due to death here on earth, but it's a momentary uh, separation. And so having said that, I wanted to talk to you today uh, about the mission. Again, I wanted to thank you guys for, you know, through this whole thing, and you haven't heard me talk a lot about the pandemic, excepting to say that, you know, I didn't want to come out and do commercials surrounding the the COVID-19 or those type of things. I thought everybody had heard enough about all that. 
But I want you, I want to thank you that donated, and I want to encourage those that may be listening that God's people are very faithful. I didn't need to do any of that stuff. Your donations kept coming in, and it helped a lot. We have 24 men. I don't know how many we have right now on the program, but we have 24 men that have lived with us through this whole time. And they have been courageous, and they have been good, and they are seeking the face of the Lord. And that's what the mission is all about. Many of us get frustrated with the homeless. I get frustrated with them. I looked outside and I see some of the things that go on, people taking off their clothes or relieving themselves, you know, on the highways and byways when you're driving. And and it it, it really, at first it was, it, it made me angry, but then it just made me sad that a human being could be reduced to the point where they have, they don't care if they're naked, they don't care if they relieve themselves in public, they don't care about the person next to them. Uh, it it has dehumanized so many people, and I'm sad. Uh, I also thought many times during my sickness how horrible it must be to be sick and to be out on the street. And yes, I am aware that <clears throat> that many of the people out on the street, it's because of their own bad behavior. <clears throat> but I want to point out our 24 men. Our 24 men are men that were out of prison or on the street. Some just their families couldn't take it anymore, their addictions. And so I wanted to point out that these are the men that want to have their lives recovered or transformed. They don't want to be on the street. They don't want to be a burden. They don't want to be robbing people. They don't want to be selling drugs or doing drugs. What they want is they want to walk in the newness of life. Many times your donations go for that very purpose. During this time of shutdown, it gave us the opportunity to to redo the, the men's dorms upstairs so they can feel a little more a little a little better about themselves and where they're at. I see men coming on the program and our men who have been there for a while encouraging them to hang in there that it gets better. I've told you guys before, it's amazing how many times people come on the program and, man, they don't want to stay. But they do. And then in six months or three months, they don't want to leave. So I want to encourage you, when you feel and you see the homeless out there and you you really feel like giving up on them, you feel like, I don't want to see one more person, one more tent, one more pile of junk anywhere— Neither do I, but neither do those people who have gone through the recovery program. And many of them, their addictions are, you know, we, we tend to think of, of an addiction as being alcohol or drugs, and certainly those are addictions. 
But there's many other things out there. There are those that are suffering from from being abused as children and and sexual addictions and we had one man, well, we've had more than one, but one that I'm thinking of, who got into methamphetamines, but he also had a, a an addiction that you can't frisk him for. He was what they call a cutter. He was cutting himself, self-mutilation. And that's a real addiction as well. And you probably don't understand it because I don't really understand it either, but Sometimes those self-deprecating things are the only way we can feel anything. So I don't, I don't want you guys to feel like there's just no hope out on the streets, because there is. That program offers help. So now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to do for the holidays, because even though this is, you know, September, it, October's just around the corner, which means November and December. And so it's been, we don't know how to plan for it because we don't know what the rules are going to be. And so what we've been doing is we've been trying to come up with a plan A and a plan B. Because here's what I do know, is that we want to make things as special as we can for our program men, for the guests, the homeless folks. Um and by the way, not every homeless person is out there, you know, throwing trash on the street. I've witnessed myself in the morning men who are out on the street and women who are out on the street going around picking up trash and putting it away. But just like everything else, we sometimes lump everybody together, right? And they're not all the same. No more than all of us are the same. And and it's really not us and them anyway. We are human beings, and we are created in the image of God, Re, irrespective of color or national origin or any of those things. We are beings created in the image of God. And so at the holiday times when it's so hard to be away from family and it's so hard to be alone, cold out on the streets and everything. We're making plans. So one of the first things that the kitchen supervisor, Tim Trenum, yes, there's two Tims at the mission. So one, somebody actually thanked me personally for preparing the food, and I had to tell him, well, you know, I can do a fair amount of things, but but cooking for, you know, 9,000 meals a month is not one of them that I can do. So we came up with the plan. Uh, Tim said, well, can we get extra size containers that if we can't let anybody into the dining hall, can we at least give them the traditional meal, the turkey, the all the different fixings that we have? And he said, could we buy the big plastic containers, and could we give them two so that we can put the turkey, the gravy, the mashed potatoes in one, and then all the other things in the other one. And so if we cannot allow them in, that's what our plan is. We still plan on giving them a a good, hot Thanksgiving Day meal. In addition to that, 
although we may not be able to bring the people in for food boxes because we always have holiday food boxes and we fill them with turkey and potatoes and and the and the potatoes by the way are are usually instant potatoes as good as we can get because it's very hard for people you know we don't want them to have to take this stuff home and then have to boil potatoes and do all that so <clears throat> those food boxes for for christmas and for thanksgiving we're still going to do them even if we can't bring them into the mission we will give them the food boxes at the gate and try to do the best we can for a service right there. Uh, We're hoping that things open up by then, but you know what? I thought, I thought months ago it would be open back up and that, you know, things would have subsided, but I just don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think the specialists on COVID know everything that's going on. Uh, I hear a lot of talk from lay people and from epidemiologists and everything, but I, I have never heard anybody absolutely convinced that by the time the holidays roll around, we're going to be open. But we're going to do the best we can, and we're going to do what God has told us to do. So uh, there's men graduating. There's uh, holiday things that are going on. And like every year, there's a certain amount of people out on the street that are are brokenhearted, you know. Uh, they're sad and they feel alone, and we want to try to help there too. One of the ways, and this may sound like a little thing to you guys, but we put up a lot of Christmas decorations at the mission. The corner where the mission is and the da- and that area off Richards Boulevard not far from the bus depot is is more of an industrial type area it's very austere and at the holidays there's not a lot of decorations which just compounds the feeling of aloneness and we want to make that day special so we decorate the mission we decorate the lawn and the and the trees usually have things, and certainly the building is surrounded by lights. And we want to try to do as much of that as possible. And again, I would appreciate your prayers that we could once again open up, that we could that we could tell people, we, we still tell people about the love of Jesus Christ, but We're not able to have our services inside. We're still feeding the same amount of food every night to people. We're still trying to get the word out there. But it would be so much better if we could allow people to start coming in. We have our 24 men that live with us on our our addiction recovery program. But what we don't have is we don't have our 60 guests being able to sleep upstairs. It's given us a chance, as I said, to kind of remodel and stuff. But I w- as the cold weather comes, you know, it's been okay in the heat. But now that the cold weather is coming, I would like you guys to pray that we are allowed to open back up our beds and to get people up there without putting people to risk at risk, I'm sorry. So 
First thing that will be is our Thanksgiving Day giveaway. And then we have always had uh, a Christmas party uh, for the homeless and a Thanksgiving Day feast. So we're still going to do it, but it may have to be outside on the porch with social distancing and, and things like that. So if you guys could donate uh, as we get closer to those times for the food boxes, what we would need is we need to get, obviously, every year turkeys or hams or both, uh, instant potatoes. Uh, you know, we, we like to try to give them the best that we can. And then canned food is great, like uh, green beans and uh, sweet potatoes and those type of things. And I know that even to the point of, and this may sound silly, but even to the point of those little mushrooms that go on, mushrooms, I, no, marshmallows that go on top of the uh, sweet potatoes. Because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I know it's it's probably not the fanciest thing in the world, but my mom always put those little uh, little marshmallows up on top, and and that was always exciting for me. And and then Olga and I, with our kids, we also <laughs> we made what we called pink stuff, and pink stuff was some kind of red jello mixed with like cool whip or something i guess i don't know what it was uh oh i'm sorry it wasn't it wasn't uh, jello it was um it was cranberry sauce and the cool whip so that's just a little insight and uh your prayers for the mission would be so welcome and again, I appreciate all the prayers you did for me and for Olga. And uh, for those of you that were praying for, Olga, for Olga and may think, well, she, she, she died. Well, yes, but she didn't die as much as she just went home to be with the Lord. And with her deteriorating condition with the MS— now I know she's running and she's she's free. And so, yes, I am brokenhearted about it, but I'm also glad that it had never come to a place where she had to be in a convalescent hospital. And as I said last week, I would have paid whatever I I have to make sure it was the best, but it would have been horrible for her. So uh, so if you were praying for Olga, your prayers were answered. She's, she's healed, <laughs> and she's free. So uh, I get a lot of calls right now for people who are wanting to volunteer for the holidays. The problem is we don't know what we're going to do yet for the holidays. So if you do call in and you want to leave your number, that's that's fine. But I can't guarantee that we're going to be able to be open like that in a few months. I would also like you to pray. Pray for the churches. Pray for 
those people in hospitals, the first responders, whether it's the police or the fire or the medics, they have a tough job. When I was in the hospital, uh, some of the nurses came in with masks and some came with the full protection gear where they have the rebreather and everything or filter, whatever it was, on them. And they have families too, and every day they are put at risk. You know, I don't know if you guys think about it, but I think about it now, of course, because of the situation every time I go in a grocery store, that those workers are exposed every day too. Everything they touch, all the people that come through, and, and I don't think we always remember to pray for them. Even here at the radio station, you know, there are many people that aren't here right now because of the virus, and so we have a skeleton crew here that is trying to keep everything together, and then people working from home, which that is a challenge all of itself. Um, and then <laughs> I, I think we all need to pray for each other. We need to love each other. And we need to remember, if we're believers, that times could get much harder than this. And we need to, as one of the founding fathers said, we must hang together, surely we shall hang separately. And uh, there'll be new days. There'll be days filled with happiness and joy. Um, my joy is really truthfully in the Lord right now, and and uh, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I'm struggling a little bit. But being surrounded with believers is an amazing thing. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you are an unbeliever and you haven't gone through anything severe, I guess my question would be, where will you go when everything melts down? Where will you go when you lose someone you love? Where will you go when you feel like you're at the end of the rope? Where will you go when you're laying in a hospital room by yourself? I was fortunate that for four days out of my week and however long I was in there, I was fortunate that four of those days I got to have Olga in the room with me because she had COVID-19 as well. But there are many people who are in the hospital right now, and I, w I would love to pray for them, and I do pray for them, that can't have any loved ones in because of the pandemic. Um, and so they're suffering because they can't see a loved one. They can't be there holding their hand or talking to them. And lastly... I pray for all the families that you appreciate the wife or the husband you have, the children, the moms and the dads, while you still have them. We often think about not wasting those times. Well, we can't waste those times. And speaking of time, I'm about out of it, uh, at least here at the radio station. And so I truly care about each one of you. I care about the donors, but the rest of you as well. And so until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.